Hey everyone, welcome back to another Soundcore Stories. And in today's hey episode, everyone, welcome we are joined Soundcore by Sessions. the infamous String Dusters. Me, Sean, this and is Aaron an awesome from the Soundcore team. The guys were Hi, absolute legends and today to talk to. This is awesome because we're joined by the infamous uh, String Dusters. How are you guys doing? What inspires them. Doing and it's really Thank interesting you. because we learned yeah, the technicality behind um, Bluegrass We're looking music. forward to this because you're, and what goes into you're one of our first uh, Grammy winning artists we announced in the audio is it your emotional attachment which is pretty awesome. Could you give the Soundcore and do you give the Soundcore audience a little backstory about who you are, what you do? Yeah, I'll take that. So, so uh, essentially, our our the String Dusters are our you know what I like to think of as a sort of like an American string band. We play music that's that's primarily derived from bluegrass, but it incorporates all the different all these different American art forms: jazz and jam music, and rock and blues and funk and and country music. I mean, that's the a really interesting thing about this of the musical world that we occupy is that it's an amalgamation of so many interesting things. So <clears throat> we're an American string band and we and we tour and play music. Uh, we we all live in different places. Um, and we've been doing this for for enough time now that we really we have we have a we have a sound and we have a the band culture and 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 we're a family and we're really grateful for the opportunity to get to play music together and we're missing each other <laughs> during this time. Yeah, I mean, like when <laughs> just before just before we were all starting, it was just cool seeing you guys catch up, and you can instantly tell like the chemistry. How did how did all of you meet? Uh, yeah, who wants to tell you this a, one? That's a yeah. Some of us go go back quite a ways. I mean, we've been touring for I think like sixteen years now. Oh wow! And, and um. Something like that. We've we've been we've been playing as a band in this configuration for just about that long, though, which in our world is is kind of unheard of. But you know, we we met at festivals, and bluegrass has a really cool element of you know this kind of like living tradition of music that is very vibrant, and there are music festivals all over the country, all over the world, and it brings you together with with your contemporaries, people who are, you know, not only your age, but all ages, which is really cool. But we, we met at that sort of critical time when it was, you know, sort of time to figure out what, what the next step was and what we were going to do. And we took a leap to start of a band. started a band and, you know, bought a van and drove around for years before anyone was really coming to our shows and loved every single second of it. And, and then, uh, you know, things started to catch and we, um, we really dedicated ourselves to this thing and to the music. And we've, we've been lucky to build an amazing, really loyal fan base that has helped us do our thing consistently over all those years. And we're hoping to do it for many, many years to come. You really get to know each other real well when you're spending five weeks at a time in a van. Mm. 
So, so are we talking like uh, what, uh, like a bug out van, like a big number, or like 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 a fifteen passenger, baby? like a fifteen passenger, you know, van with a trailer that you pull that we and it's that yeah, and we didn't know anything about trailers, so we had to learn everything the hard way, like like that you actually got to grease the wheels, otherwise the wheel might fall you know off. <laughs> fall off and go past you on the highway. Um, I should mention, mention too that it, it's it was not just one van. There was actually one <laughs> one two week tour that we had where I think we had three vans over the two weeks. <laughs> one of which one of which we only had for a day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we bought it to get home to drive home to Nashville, and the whole thing—it was like we. This it, it was such a piece of crap. It just it it you had to like fight to keep it straight, <laughs> otherwise it would just go off to the left of the road. <laughs> so the whole time you're, you're driving, just like totally white knuckled on the on the steering wheel, trying to hold it to go straight. Mom that was sketchy, in man. Nashville. Sounds like yeah. your success has been paved by a. Uh, the the bodies of many broken vans along the way. Yeah, <laughs> That's so these cool. are these are the things they don't teach you in music school. Before we got started, you were bringing up to you. Some of us went to music school. You mm -hmm. learn all kinds of things, but you don't learn, uh, you know, the nuts and bolts things that that really happen when you become a musician. You know, you you learn some theory <laughs> and some ear training, and of course, super valuable. But there's that you know. We always say it's like you, you do two hours on stage and 22 hours getting a gig. You get paid to travel and do mm. all the other stuff. And the two hours you're on stage is, is the for free. For I feel free. like it's every band needs that rite of passage. You need to, uh, you learn some life lessons along the way. Like you guys talk yeah. about the band. I, I had that similar journey with, with my band. And it's the most fun. Every band. Yeah, I feel like it's the most fun time as well. Like at the time, there's moments where you're just like, what are we doing? But then when you look back, exactly <laughs> you guys all laugh just then. It's like making me think of like, one of my first shows, I think we drove for 15 hours up to Scotland. We got there and some guy, as soon as we opened the side door, a shoe just came in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, had, we, had, we had an early tour where our first show was in Nashville, our second show, I think, was in Washington State, and then our third show was in New York. And <laughs> it was about the worst routing you could possibly imagine, but so it's dumb. true. You you pay your dues, and it, it gives you a lot of perspective, and it really makes you appreciate things when you graduate you know, to a tour bus. And we have an awesome crew who we work with now on the road and our business team as well. And it, it, it really... It really puts things in perspective and you know you feel like you're living large when you finally graduate to that next step where you've got some some help along the way yeah so <clears throat> excuse me so jumping forward talk talk to us about the uh the, gra the, gra the grammy win that must have been we're talking about graduating to the next step when you guys won won the grammy what was that like well, you, you do have a moment where the, all those memories flash before your eyes, I think. <laughs> all the hours and days and weeks in the van, all the hard work you've put in. And, you know, there's no guarantee you'll ever achieve something like that. And, you, of course, you do it anyway. But, but that moment where you do get some recognition, I mean, we're not out here for the recognition. We love the music. We love being together. But when you do happen to get something like that, it, it does feel good and it, it, it gives you a nice boost of morale and energy that what you're doing is worthwhile and people are responding. I mean, that, 
that's the main thing is that people be interested and moved by what you do. And, and a Grammy win, I think, is a little bit of confirmation. That. I mean, there's a lot that goes into Grammys, not, more than just the music, of course. But um, but it gives you, it gave us a big a big boost. You know, we've been touring for a long time. And, and uh, it's a moment where you can kind of like, I don't know about relax, but it's like, oh, you can set your burden down. You kind of achieve something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, and and then you, of course, the, all it is is, you know, in the end, just some accolades and a cool statue. And then you carry on making your music and writing your next record. And, um, but yeah, the whole event is awesome. One of the cool things about it is just the, all the different styles of music. There's 80 categories in the Grammys. And so you're, you're next to a death metal band who won after you or, you know, or, or a folk act who won before you or a jazz. And Neil Young is sitting behind you. Yeah, Neil Young is sitting <laughs> behind you. And, you know, past Christian McBride in the hallway. Yeah, uh-huh. just the, these heroes and, and every style and you see people talking from all these different worlds. And, I, and that was one of my favorite parts about it is to see the intermingling of just like every style, every world. And everyone's, of course, in a good mood because you're at the Grammys. So it's, it's a nice atmosphere. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so before we started, me and Aaron were discussing like, Aaron, you, you looked into a couple of guys. I think we touched on it a little bit. A couple of you had some music backgrounds from studying. Aaron, what what was it we were talking about? Like, how does that inform? Like, you wanted to know about the songwriting process. Sure. Well, we were talking about this a little bit before we um, before we came on the air. Uh, we were talking about um, how uh, some some of the members of the infamous String Dusters have a background in uh, formal music training and theory, as Andy was just talking about. You know, um, the things you learn. Um, so far as the, the, the formal study goes, and then as Chris was saying earlier, um, alluded to just now and before, uh, we came on the air, he was talking about how there's also this rich oral tradition of bluegrass. And so I was wondering about the interplay between those two things, the highly technical side, and also the very improvisational, very, uh, performative side of bluegrass and how those come together in your songwriting. Yeah, I would say, you know, we're we're really based in bluegrass. That's the real common thread between us. But one of the goals of our band is to bring in all of these really eclectic influences that we share that are really all over the map. And, you know, I was I went to the Berkeley College of Music and so did Andy. I was there just after him. And, you know, you, you can learn a lot in music school that you can really put to work, but at the end of the day, it all sort of melts into this one discipline of trying to really channel what's inside you and what you have to say. And knowing the theory can help you look to different tools and different places to potentially bring that out. But one of the amazing things about being in a band and playing 100 shows a year is you have this great proving ground to see our people connecting with this music whether it comes from a more sort of theoretical background or if it's more rooted in bluegrass, which some people take to be a very simple form of music, but you could work a lifetime on bluegrass and continue to learn new things and, and really sort of hone your game. So, you know, those, those elements factor in and we try to push the envelope and bring some more progressive sounds to what people perceive as a really traditional sort of old style of music. But 
I think at the end of the day, we're all just, you know, trying to speak what's inside of us and make music that really is from our soul. And while theory can help you move in that direction, I think bluegrass is one of the most soulful forms of music out there. And that's, that's what connects us. And hopefully that's what really informs our sound. So would you say that um, when you approach writing a new song um, or a new album, would you say that it comes less from a sense of here are the elements of, uh, you know, uh, pr progressive elements that we want to include, um, things from different genres to kind of push bluegrass and push ourselves in a new and challenging direction? Or would you say it's more um, something that comes from the heart and it's something that what you want to add to the conversation uh, from an emotional uh, point? And then the music uh, comes along and informs that. Yeah, I, I would say that. I would say... Uh, at least I, I think that especially as we've evolved as a band, I think we get and, you know, more into just trying to figure out, you know, what it is you're really trying to say with the song and what the purpose of uh, what, what, what is the, what is the feeling you're trying to generate? And I think that's where, you know, we've come with all the, you know, years playing together where we can come together and really, have gotten much better and evolved into really just trying to treat the song for each song and trying to, 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 to say something with, with an album and, and a song, you know, together. I think a lot of it is heartfelt though, too, you know, for a lot of us, we're all into improv improvising and just kind of, you know, I notice a lot of times when we come up with a record, a lot of us will be writing about the same themes and it just kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, we're all in a similar age group, I guess you could say, and that kind of stuff, which also helps inform that. But musically speaking, I feel like that does kind of push us, you know, along the way. And that theory stuff is good for foundation, you know, but it's really the experience of doing it as long as we have listening to other writers and even oftentimes making music with other great musicians. And that kind of thing has really informed, I think, you know, how we create our songs that we, you know, do now anyway. Yeah. So I think it, it took me a little while to sort of embody that because I was one of the people who went to music school, I did four years at Berkeley. You know, it's very technical, practiced my instrument a lot. And then even with bluegrass, it is very soulful, but it's also very technical. And a lot of the time you're spent learning bluegrass is learning, mastering your instrument. And, um, and, and the idea of just emotionally connecting with the song is kind of, a, you know, it is part of that for sure, but it's also something a little bit different that you also have to, I think, kind of gain some understanding of. So, I mean, some people, that's that's all they ever do. They never really learn to play their instrument, but they can just emote a song and connect with people, you know, other people, you know, sometimes the, the, the music school part of it, it might even be a detriment to that in some ways. Not a detriment, but it's just, it's a little bit different. You're spending your time kind of doing something else than you know, kind of trying to understand how to um, how to connect, say, with people. I mean, you know, it, with with a song in a heartfelt way. It's a little more uh, technical. So, you know, that that's something that I, you know, sort of always understood, but came to almost later. You know, yeah, and we're always trying to evolve. You know, I mean, we're always trying to evolve our sound. A lot of tools, but it can give you a lot of tools, but it doesn't it doesn't really make you write a great song. You know, you, you have to have that inside of you. And I think 
I've learned a lot, you know, I, I was at Berkeley for two years and, you know, echoing what Andy said, it's a lot of theory and all these, these different doors can open, but how you use them and how you incorporate them into your music is not something you learn in music school. And I, I've learned more from my bandmates about music than I have from anyone or from any school yeah. and just all the different approaches. And, you know, ultimately we, we work on our music together, you know, we write together, we arrange together. So having all of those different approaches um, really, I think gives us a very complete sound and helps us to complement one another. And that's, that's something that's really been, part of our art over the years when we're getting ready to do a record, we do all our pre-production together, we share songs and we work together to use all the tools that we have, whether they're from music school or from, you know, learning in festivals or from your family. We try to bring all of those things together and distill them into the most meaningful. Yeah. I guess sometimes you could maybe have too many tools, you know, like how you spoke about music school will give you so many skills, but then you, you could get so wrapped up in trying to be really technical that you do lose that emotional side of the song. Well, it's never, <clears throat> it's never the notes. It's always the way the notes are played, you know, that really yeah. makes the music, right? So, you know, you can, you know, I was, I was hanging out with a, a banjo player. I was doing a show and doing a banjo player with banjo player, Kyle Tuttle. Uh, last couple of days and he was talking, he also went to music school. He was talking about how, you know, he spent all these years getting together with his buddies to do the notes and they would do the most notes and they'd have all the best notes and they were hoping I'd show up and have the best notes tonight, you know, and it was all about the notes and, 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 but behind that is this experience of sort of transmitting music, bringing it into form to people and the notes, whether it's one note or a million notes that what's essential behind it is sort of, what what brings it to life is sort of the 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 emotive quality, the intention behind it, the way you play, right? So, um, but there's absolutely no doubt in my mind, as someone who didn't go to music school and plays with people who did, that music school gives you a massive toolbox from which to to express music. And I think, from what I can tell, that it, as long as you're not sort of getting s stuck within the notes, um, you can. <laughs> You know, the, the the more ways you're able to play, uh, certainly the better, as as long as you're always applying that. And then the best way is, is to apply that toward the goal of, of bringing whatever, bringing that music into form, not necessarily playing the most notes or the best notes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so mo moving forward with, with all of that in mind, like what advice would you give to young upcoming emerging artists starting out you have to have a combination of of i think ability and meaning you know th those two things are to both be present and honestly ability actually is probably the one thing you don't need to have <laughs> you know i mean much it's less important it's yeah i mean you can't get really get away without i, I guess maybe you can but you know i, I think the best music comes from having both those things, some, you know, ability and, you know, some technical skill to some degree, whether it be as a singer or a player, and then, you know, so spend time doing that, you know, spend time getting, I mean, it doesn't hurt to be good at your instrument. I don't think, maybe it does, but I don't think it does, but it also, you know, you also need to have something to say. I wouldn't know. <laughs> 
idea. I don't know. Yeah, I have no I'll, idea. I may know at some point, but I'm still unsure of how much that plays into it. But yeah, the, the meaning part of it, like why, why you know, it, 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 it is, and in some ways it's like acting, like you have to really embody whatever the character of the song is. You have to, you know, and truly actually feeling a little bit of the emotion of whatever you're doing. I mean, that's, it's a skill, you know, it's a thing. It's a, you have to learn it or for some people it comes natural, but, but it's, it's some of both. And, and, um, and it helps to be cool and it helps to be not, like a good, but you have to, you have to be able to get along with people. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, but like the, all of this is, you know, really it comes down to, you know, it really is just at the very basic sense. It's just communication. You know, you're, you're communicating something with people and that's really what it is. And so, um, you know, how you do it and all that stuff is almost, you know, secondary to really just being able to connect with people. And that's, that's really the bottom line, I think. So assuming that there is a, uh, a young, you know, aspiring artist listening to this right now who has all those pieces in place, you know, they have the ability and they have the kind of uh, ability to communicate that real sense of empathy and the ability to, to act and emote and, uh, you know, deliver the emotion and the message that they're trying to convey, all that's in place but they're just not sure what next uh, practical steps to take, like which van, which van to buy for their first one. Uh, <laughs> one that goes straight is helpful. Do you have any recommendations on, you know, practical like vans, uh, first steps or next steps in a career or types of vans? Yeah. Don't spend too much money. Don't spend too much money. And, uh, be smart about all those kind of decisions, you know, run it like a business not a drunk drunken band you know mm. and uh you know you're going to be your own cheerleader for a long long ass time and so you have to be you have to be sort of prepared for that because no one else will sing your praises you know so sometimes that's the way it goes in the entertainment you're the only one that thinks you're cool sometimes you know and, <laughs> and other people eventually hopefully get on that bandwagon and you hopefully will offer something unique and if you really believe in it it just takes a lot of stick to you know, to make it happen. And you have to overcome a lot, but it's worth it in the end, you know, to, to follow. If it's a dream of yours to, to pursue music, it's absolutely worth it. And important to be genuine, you know, like to, to be genuine to what you're doing is I think the most important thing too, because in this, in the same sense of that communication, I mean, people, people know if you're, if you're, if you're not being genuine, I mean, I think, you know, you, I think that's what people really love about music. You know, I know it's what, what I love about music artists that I love. It's just so genuine and natural. And it's not just something you're just chasing a sound to become successful, but you believe in your sound and you're genuinely singing in your voice, so to speak. Um, I think that's really important. And as far as, you know, young artists, I would say those things are all important, but commitment is everything. And you have to really look at it like you are going to do this and you're not going to do anything else. And it's an interesting time to be asking that question because, you know, if it was a year ago, I would have said, you know, touring is really the thing. You have to get out there and you have to get on the road for, you know, six, eight, ten years before you even really have a sense of whether you have a thing or not. And of course, you need to be genuine along the way and really they find your voice, but it's an interesting time right now. And the, the music industry landscape is shifting. And I think, you know, putting a little bit more 
energy and attention into writing and recording your own music is a really crucial thing right now. And then when the opportunity presents itself, you got to get out there and and go on the road and play for people. And you shouldn't expect that your first time in Philadelphia or your first time in Boston that anyone is going to really show up because there are all these live bands right now. You got to pay your dues and you got to get out there. And if you're smart, you'll do it before you are smart enough to know any better <laughs> because it's it's a it's a tough haul and and you'd be amazed you know all these amazing bands that have all this success and then you find out about the 10 years that they put in that nobody knew about them so there's a commitment involved you know i sometimes i work as a producer and sometimes i work with artists and i i sense this sort of pipe dream like they think they're going to put out this album and all these things are going to happen and much more important than figuring out what songs are going to be on this album, though that is important, is having a sense that this is what you're going to do and you're ready to commit your life to it because that's that's a big part of what it takes. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's that's so spot on. And I think part of that part of that process is as a musician, you're you're sort of learning by listening and impersonating. And at some point, you know, like 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 Andrew was saying at the bottom, you know, at some point you have to transcend that and you have to find your own expression and you have to create something that is original. And then to sort of to Panda's point, then you have to do it consistently for a long time. Like Jeremy said, without a lot of positive feedback. And, you know, that's something I think it, it took our band a little while to sort of settle into really what, what we were and what we were about. And part of that was because we were all such um, characteristic musicians already, you know? So we had to spend some time together and get a flow and, and make a couple of subtle adjustments with the, per you know, we had to tweak our, our, we had to tweak the whole thing a little bit, but once we figured out what it is, what it was, and we had it pointed in a direction, that consistency, like Panda said, just, you got to go out and you got to play. And you got to play and you play and you play and you make records, even if they cost you money and you don't make any money off of them. You know, I talked with an artist at one point who was like, I don't know why you'd make a record anymore. And I was like, I don't know, man, maybe because you're a, like, cause you're a musician. Like, you know, you, if, if, if you need that payout, go find a different thing because if, if you're not comfortable living in a, like a, in a simple home and living a simple life, you might want a different gig because if you're always, if you're chasing money as an artist, you're never, it's, it's on, you know, unless you're just, unless you got really good people around you and you're really special, all you can do is to, is to figure out what you are, what you, what you are, who you are and who you are as a band or as an individual. And then you have to do the hell out of it for way longer than you think before you start. I think that's great advice. I mean, it goes back to what you said about being genuine as well. Like, and just wanting, if you're chasing money, I think that will come across in your music completely. And you see a lot of, a lot of artists, some artists that start out or emerging artists, at least they hear a song on the radio and go, I'm going to be that guy. And it, they won't have the commitment. They won't, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Well, yes. and it's, I think it's really important to remember too, you know, what you may perceive as a sacrifice in terms of whatever it is, income, you make up for in the experience of expressing yourself in your own voice, because there is a lot of incredible value there. And if you can find that voice and you can find a form of expression that is comfortable, and yes, sometimes it will be challenging and it doesn't always come easily, but 
when, you know, I, I know for me, one of the most amazing things about being in this band is seeing the community that's formed around this band and seeing relationships that have formed independent of the five of us and the way that that has shaped and changed lives. And that's all part of this gratification that I'm talking about. So, you know, you, you may, it's not all bad news, you know, it is a long haul and it is a huge commitment, but there is so much gratification in there. And I think that that really gets amplified when you are doing your own thing, you're writing your own songs, you're finding your own voice, you're not trying to be someone else. And it, it may make for a longer haul, but I think it means a lot of staying power in the long run. You know, that's how you build a lasting career and a lot of gratification along the way. Yeah. And that joy, that joy never, you know, you always have to remember the joy. You might be in a van for an overnight drive for 22 hours to go do a, you know, a 45 minute set at some festival at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon for, for 50 people. But when you get on stage and you're playing with your band and you're, and you're expressing yourself in that way, like Panda was saying, I mean, that's the joy and that's what keeps you sort of going and moving forward. That's the payoff. And when you, when you're, when you keep focused on that, you know, you figure out how to ways to have fun on that 20, 22 hour drive. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like there's some stories there for another time <laughs> we can um, write a book about yeah. just that so after the year we've just had i'm sure that affected you guys and whatever plans you might have had for touring and shows what's what's next for you guys we've come into 2021 what do you guys have planned what's next uh, a lot of recorded music uh, right now, we've we've got uh, a number of projects complete. You know that that's kind of one of the big things that we took advantage of this year was the time at home is to be able to write and record. Um, sometimes recording remotely, um, we were able to get together to also record a record. You know, of course, live for a string duster record. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're we're taking it full advantage of of trying to. Uh, record and release music so we've got a bunch done so this next year we'll we'll have a number of projects released um and continue to work in that way because i think it'll be a a bit of a slow um restart to the touring world you know it's going to be in fits and starts and in pieces and doing what we can you know for the spring and summer and you know Ball, who knows but um so it, you know i think it's it's we're gonna have to be flexible with how how we look at getting back into touring but in the meantime there's you know we all write we all have recording rigs we can record there's and it's great because recording a lot of music means you can really be creative there's a lot of different things you can do you know a lot of different avenues you can pursue that maybe we didn't have time for so Releasing music that we've recorded, probably recording more music and kind of getting back into seeing what touring and shows is all about. And we've launched, you know, our uh, our label, you know, Americana Vibes, which, you know, where we can release the, the String Dusters music, the stuff that we're doing um, remotely, the stuff that we did together, as well as, you know, solo projects that everybody's doing on their own. You know, Andy Hall uh, was our first release earlier with his Dobra record. Panda's got one coming out um, next month, um, you know, and we all are have records coming through that really, you know, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to use that as sort of our, our vehicle to actually get music 
to people, you know, when we can't be touring. And I think that's, um, keeps us really connected as well. You know, being from in different cities and everything, we're able to, to make music still together. And, 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 you know, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And the sound core thing is cool too. It's a, a very timely, it's a cool partnership. It's a way we can still be engaged. So thank you guys for, uh, having thanks us for, over. thanks for being involved. Yeah. Um, Great yeah, to have you. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any questions left. Aaron, how about you? Oh, um, not really. Um, you mentioned some um, some of what you plan to be working on this, uh, you know, at closing out the year. And as we slowly, um, like Andy said, little by little, test the waters, get back as possible. Um, is there anything that you have out right now that you would say, like, if you're interested in bluegrass, if you're interested in the infamous string dusters, you need to check it out right now? Is there anything like that? I, I, would, I would point people to our Spotify page and, um, you know, everything's there. And, um, you know, we've, we, I think we take pride in the fact that we've, we're always trying to evolve as, as a band, as artists, as, in our writing, in our playing, in our records. And so, you know, to go check out some of our records and, and um, you know, hear, hear, you know, our evolution a little bit. And, and you could also find um, all of our stuff that's going to be coming out there. Awesome. awesome. Well, uh, thanks a lot for joining us, uh, guys. It's been absolute yeah, thank pleasure. You thank you. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much. So that was the infamous String Dusters. And if you enjoyed that, head over to community.soundcore.com, head to the music section, and you can watch an exclusive performance from them. 